gather round, gather round, join us for a spell. There is magic to be found, and stories here to tell. Feed the fire, merry meet, dare to more than dabble. All are welcome at our hearth for a little bonfire babble. Bonfire babble. Welcome to the bonfire. Exploring magic with two modern witches. I'm Corey. And I'm Detta. Hi, everybody. Howdy, howdy. It's Sunday. It's sunny out. It it's is. It's pretty. I wish I was making like my cat today and just lying in a sunbed oh. and not <laughs> having to be a person. But I am happy to be here doing this with you. Yeah. I'm happy to be with you too. Yes. It's hard not to want to be with the animals like all the time right now. Do you know what I saw this week? Am I going to remember the name of it? Oh, shoot darn. Shoot darn. There is a new Hulu series called Up In Here or Up There. It's a musical where these two people have these inside voices who are trying to talk them out of the relationship. Oh, Mae Whitman. Mae Whitman. Up Here. That's what here. it's called. In the middle of one of the previews, she's pulling tarot cards. And she goes, I know I'm supposed to go. New York is where I'm supposed to be. Here, this even says so. And she goes down and it's the death card. She goes, oh, okay, the death card is really misunderstood. <laughs> and then literally, like within an hour, Tammy called me in because she's watching Wanda Sykes, Mel Brooks, oh, the, the History, History of the, of the World, World Part Two, or mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah. And... These guys are walking into the saloon in this made-up scenario, and one of them says, try to keep speaking in a southern accent because they don't like our kind down here. He's like, what, Sagittarians? Oh, of course you're a Mercury's in retrograde. I mean, no, that's not what I mean. I mean Yankees. <laughs> it, so I just love how it's starting to permeate a little bit more yeah. and not made fun of. This is fun to talk about and fun to put in here. I yeah. love that. Yeah. I will say... I am grateful that the sun is staying out longer. Me too. Now, I really hate daylight savings, and we're currently in it. Pacific daylight time now. Yeah. Until fall, when we can fall back again. And hopefully when we fall back, it never happens again after that. I will say that I am grateful for the sun coming back. Me too. Although now I'm starting to get up so much earlier, I almost have to consider myself a morning person. And I don't. Ew. I know. Thank you. I'm not sure it's a part of me I like, but. <laughs> Cody is making it happen. I had to become one when I started working at the cupcake shop. Oh, yeah. I have low-key been a reluctant morning person ever since. Yeah. Because I used to have to get up before God did to go frost the cupcakes and make the coffee. Yes. Because you had to be there when God got up yeah. to Buy the give coffee. the gods and the, yes. Well, yeah. that's all the babble I have. Just that little, like, insight stuff. I don't really have anything else going yeah. on right now that isn't, like, Stuff I don't want to talk about. Yeah, no, totally understandable. <laughs> and if you get me started on talking about Cody or my cats, we that'll be the whole episode. The whole so, episode, we'll never yeah. leave. We're talking today about... We're starting a new series today. Yes, we are. We're talking about caves yeah. for our Sacred Spaces series. Yay! We love an alliteration. Woo-hoo. We love all the S's. <laughs> We're going to talk about caves. And this series is going to have things like caves and fields and waterfalls and rivers rivers and i don't know fairy rings and stuff there's a whole list of them that yeah. we've made yeah it's gonna be amazing i'm very excited about I it i am too yeah that i made this list and i was like oh that i want to do that let's do that i also just told Corey that i really wanted to add ley lines to that list yeah i ended up doing a ton of research on it it's some stuff i already know and you'll that you'll hear about in the music episode. Ley lines come into it, and I just found all this other stuff that I remembered and loved and took notes about and of where I was finding it. So I'm awesome. ready. I'm already prepared. Let's I do love it that. No. So caves. Yeah, you want to head to the library and talk I about it? I do. Perfect timing. You better not come over here and goob on me. He's okay. so calm. It's because like, I came over and disrupted the pattern. He loves you. Here we are at the library. Yay! Yes. I don't know about you, but I have many sources, so I'm not going to name them all, but they will be in the show notes. Yes, they will. I will say that a lot of the following knowledge that I am using can be confirmed so many places in books and articles and on 
verifiable places on the internet, meaning they're good sources. Mm -hmm. But much of mine is from memory or studying Joseph Campbell when I was much, much younger. I and a theater. a lot of stuff person. about Joseph when yeah. I did my research. Ursula Le Guin is one of my huge influences as well. Psychology books, books on the Morgan, of sure, course, sure. and the dictionary. And I do have some specific places and books and art that I will refer to when we get to that part of the conversation. Speaking of the dictionary, you brought etymology I for did. us today. <clears throat> I'm going to be Corey for a moment. This is normally my gig, but I dropped a ball and no, I'm so glad you picked it up. You did not drop a ball. Cave. The word etymology is Latin from cavus, meaning hollow. And if something is hollow, there is an absence. Something is empty. And I loved that because that we chat about that on the podcast all the time, Corey and I do. And I know that in the witch community, we talk about creating space. Mm. You need to have a space. You can't have clutter. Right. Caves don't really have a lot of clutter. And I'll try to say it. Stalagmites. Did I say it right? Yeah. Yay. I practiced it for a long time. <laughs> Except, you know, those kind of things. Yeah. I guess you could consider those clutter. And that's the cave etymology. I love that. Yeah. I also love the hollow space thing because mm -hmm. nature doesn't like a vacuum and humanity doesn't like a vacuum. So like we see a space like that and we have to fill it, whether that's with physical things or with meaning. Oh, I like filling it with meaning. Yes, I yeah. love that. I think that's pretty cool. I also think the hollowness of it is where caves get a lot of their, well, the stuff we're about to talk about. Yeah. Symbology. I'll run over a couple symbols that I believe that I found mm -hmm. and have studied. We're going to talk more about them at the bonfire because Corey has more stuff about them. So the Bible considered caves a place to conceal and a great hiding place for things that are taboo, Ooh. aka practices that they didn't approve of, mm. you know, like witchcraft and, sure. you know, anything other than what they did. The cave is also a symbol of the heart and center in many Hindu religions. Many Native Americans and indigenous of North America, anyway, saw the world or view the world as interconnected caves. Cannot wait to talk about that. It was Celts, if you look this up, non-specific Celts. <laughs> For them, it was all about the fact that it was a portal to the underworld specifically. And if you are a follower of Anne Morgan or have done any research on her, you know that there are a lot of places that are considered the places of the Tuatha de Danann in Ireland. And there is a specific cave of the Morgans. Cave as the womb, also known as the vaginal cave, the womb to tomb. There is a great quote about the cave as the mother mm -hmm. from Monica Shu and Barbara Moore. They wrote a great book called The Great Cosmic Mother. The quote from them that I absolutely love from that book is, entering the cave is a journey both to the cold earthen tomb and to the fertile womb of the mother. Hmm. I just love that. And if you don't know those two women, you're going to be hearing a lot about them someplace because I can't wait to talk to you about them. <laughs> I think I already said caves is portal. Cave is the dragon. And we'll talk about the cave of cats, a.k.a. the cave of the Morrigan when we... Get out to the bonfire. Awesome. I think that's all my library. I have a little bit to oh, contribute yeah, to that. Oh, yeah, go for it. So caves are ancient, obviously. They are formations within the earth. They are so old, particularly like, I don't know, the caves in Appalachia or mm -hmm. where the mountains are older than bones, which freaks my bean every time I think about it older than teeth they're so old they're older than saturn's rings anyway we i digress <laughs> <laughs> but they are they have been related all the way back in that time to magic so you'll think of maybe cave paintings those were considered perhaps sympathetic magic to encourage a successful hunt or to honor the animal or to whatever they were 
a place where shaman would go to seek answers to like trance or meditate and seek answers. Some caves were considered burial sites, sacred burial sites for a village. There's even some stuff that says that a cave found with a big burial site inside of it and a village right outside the mouth is actually the inspiration for the myth of Hades underworld, which is neat. But it there's even all the way up into like the 16th through the 19th century, people were using caves for magic. There's these famous caves in the Cresswell Crags, which contain what are called witches marks or witch marks. They were discovered in 2019 and they are believed to be intended to keep away evil and to protect. They also could have been to appease because of things like famine or times of loss or whatever, illness. And that is an apotropaic magic Mm -hmm. sort of situation. If you don't remember, apotropaic magic is the kind of magic you do to ward, like crossing your fingers, knocking on wood, hanging peppers over your door, like that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Again, some stuff I have about like cave symbolism is a lot of what Deda brought, stuff about the Mother Earth, stuff about the underworld portals. It is also in some myths considered a place where the spirits dwell within the stone walls of the cave. There's a cave in Greece where people would go down there and they truly believed it was a portal to the underworld because animals would go in there and die. And it's because the gas that was leaking in there was heavy, so it fell to the floor. So animals low to the earth would die, but humans would not. And so it was considered a very frightening place with like, we take the animal there, we sacrifice it to whatever is in there, and we hopefully don't befall the same fate as like a village or whatever. Mm. Which is very sad for the goat, but here we are. Yeah, I wasn't there. I couldn't stop it. I know. <laughs> and then there's also so much currently being discovered particularly in the cave paintings because very recently and this is an ongoing discovery so like I don't have all the details and I'm definitely paraphrasing from memory but they discovered that some of the markings are language which means that language is far older than we thought oh, yeah. like written language so that's very exciting but all of that happened within caves caves are a protective place they are a like stable, easy to secure place, but they also have the thing about them that is like within cave systems where if you go in and you get lost, the earth has taken you. You cannot get back out. And we all see, I think about this a lot when my mom and I watch a lot of like archaeological like documentary shows and stuff. And I think about this a lot. They did not have lights like nope. we have. And so we... And it was a long time until they even had torches. We have a perception of caves that is completely different to what ancient people would have perceived caves right. as, right? Like, we know what the inside of a cave looks like. We can light it up and study it and examine it and, and be beguiled by its beauty. But, like, we, we don't have... I think the same conscious fear of caves and fear meaning like like the the awesome fear like the powerful like respect of a cave that ancient people did subconsciously sure like for me I am consciously afraid of caves but like my lizard brain knows that's a very important place and I shouldn't fuck around in there yeah but we don't see them the same way because we can't I would agree. I have more to say about that, but I think that's out at the bonfire. Okay. The only other thing I have for the library is a particular Zuni myth that I found on a Crash Course episode where they did like mythical places and they did an episode about gardens and caves. I don't know about you, but the flowers blooming has been fucking me up so bad. So bad. (laughs) Like I love it. It's beautiful. The tree's lovely. Oh gosh. The bush outside our house is blooming. These beautiful pink flowers. Right. And I'm like, I kill me. (laughs) 
like this is I want to just tear my whole nose off my face I am downing the allergy medicine yeah. like you wouldn't believe I have to start taking my allergy medicine again now that it's spring yeah anyway I was researching for this episode and I came across the crash course video about caves and gardens they were put together because a lot of myths have a cave and a garden so like the garden of eden there is a translation an old translation that says that they went from the garden through the mouth of a cave to get to the world uh-huh. and this myth is gorgeous this zuni myth so basically elder and younger brother found people underground living in darkness and they were not people like you're thinking they were people with like tails and no mouths and like weird other shit appendages like attached to them and they were filthy and they were living in a really like low gross way right and so elder and younger brother dug a hole like to create a cave opening to get people out into the world. And the people came out into the world and they weren't quite finished cooking yet. So elder and younger brother, while people were sleeping, modified them in the way that myths can do. But if you think about it too long, is horrifying. And like cutting holes in their faces so they have mouths, things like that. And because of this cave opening that they created, human beings could ascend to the surface and become human beings. And I think that's neat. I think this is the first time I've heard that. This sounds like a tale of evolution written in a way that people can understand it. Probably. Not necessarily, oh, God made the earth in seven days. Wow. I think that's a concept that like we could understand, but I think maybe they would not consciously understand, but would definitely like maybe subconsciously no uh-huh like we have changed we are changing all the time and this is how it happened yeah yeah there's oh, also yeah it works beautifully as a metaphor too oh yes Corey, i love that there's also plato's allegory of the cave that is a lot of western philosopher junk it basically is about i'm not gonna get into it but basically it's a it's an allegory for enlightened people versus ignorant people and how sometimes the people that dwell in the caves don't want to leave because they can't understand or conceptualize the reality outside the cave. So that's a whole thing. That's a great metaphor, too. Hello, thank you. It's a whole thing. There is a concerto called The Magic of the Cave, The Allegory of the Cave, something like that. And it's like a cello concerto or something. I listened to a little bit of it, and it's cool. I haven't listened to all of it. I'm sure that there's movements in it that are like, wow. But, yeah. There's, we're going to go into these a little deeper, but basically caves can mean transitions between one state and the next. They can mean dwelling for spirits. They can mean literal underworlds or passages to the underworlds, places for offerings to underworld deities for protection or whatever. Sometimes just a metaphor. For enlightenment. Yeah. Cool. That's all I got. Sorry. That's okay. His nose is broken. Do you want to head to the bonfire? I would love that because, you know, it's spring, but it still gets kind of cold. I know. It's really cold. I wish we had a literal bonfire right here because my furnace is broken. Very lucky that we have some electric heat in this house. And that is what I am living by right now. Let's talk about caves, baby. Do you want me to start? Or you start. You want to start. I just talk a lot. <laughs> I want to revisit the cave as the womb, also known as the vaginal cave, the womb to tomb, and cave for protections. Before I get into some personal experiences, we have proof. We have actual proof because of the drawings that we have found on the caves, and also the skeletons that we found in the caves, and offerings and tools yeah, and things. Exactly yeah. that. Human beings live there, and not only did they live there, they sometimes had to fight off bigger adversaries, like huge gigantic bears, because that's where the bears went. Bears know how good caves are. Oh, yeah, they do. (laughs) 
like Corey said, there are all these hints, too, of rituals and religious life. Some people debate that, depending on where they found it or how they found it, that the bears, skulls that they found were actually there because the hunt had happened, they ate the bear, and then they honored it in a ritualistic way, and the head became the skull that we can find these days. But the fact is, caves keep heat in the winter and cold in the summer. They were the perfect place to live. And a lot of times, as long as you didn't get lost, (laughs) go down into the caves and get sucked up, you know, to the underworld or gases. And if you didn't walk down and get lost, you would find water. Because Mm. so many caves have underwater sources. Because, of course, you're traveling deeper into the planet. And the water floor. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's a perfect place. You know, if the apocalypse ever comes, head to a cave, everyone. <laughs> Lots of resources there. Take your food, though, and your fire starters. And bring something that will cover your head if there's bats in there, because you will get, you can get very sick. I have a story about that when we get to that part of the <laughs> conversation. There was an episode of um, Expedition Unknown where Josh mm-hmm. and his crew went into a cave, and he got very sick him and two other people because of bat guano and it somehow got into the food even though the food was covered and they got i can't remember the name of the illness but it's common in cave spelunking and stuff and he was like we all got real sick but we're fine (laughs) it's like buddy yeah bats can make you very sick and i still have on occasion (laughs) picked one up to rescue it and wash my hands really well good and there was no poop it was just the bats good they're very sweet but they will so sweet they their nature of them does dictate we respect their space oh yeah yes (laughs) yeah and uh, so of course we were there yeah when we first started getting into the world and learning how to talk and communicate and create and how cool like before we had the tools or means Mm-hmm. Or understanding of how to build a dwelling. Yeah. The earth did that for us. I know. Yeah. Sometimes so I think maybe that's where we should all still be. Having said yeah. that we might want to all be there, the fact that there's so much, even then, about a higher being mm. or some sort of higher being, or at least what we're interpreting as yeah. a higher being who knows. An unknown entity. Yeah. With and, more knowledge than us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be any number of things. We don't know for sure, but I love the fact that we have proof that even that early on, people were either creating gods and goddesses or God or talking to aliens, you know. Sure. Or finding some sort of meaning in their life even before verbal communication, which I think is so important and I've been talking a lot about on Patreon. I love the way that caves are perfectly designed to preserve Mm -hmm. as well. There's a lot of caves that didn't used to be underwater, but are now underwater and are filled with like human bones, pots, jewelry, and other offerings and things like that, that when you look at these caves, you have to think, how did ancient people get in here? Because it is so steep or it is so deep and it's so dark. And I think that is a really interesting example of humanity's quest to understand its existence and its environment. As far as magical work, when you're talking about that, going deep and how did we get there, Mm -hmm. that protection factor, why did they have to go that deep? Or was it that deep when they were actually there? Was there more of a structure there when they were there? Who knows? Mm -hmm. But I think the reason that people evoke the image of cave, or the reason that I, I shouldn't say people, the reason that I sometimes evoke the image of the cave when I'm doing protection work is because of how protective it is. And if you live in that cave, if you know that cave, with your eyes closed, mm. you can get around that cave very easily, whereas other people might stumble in and get lost mm-hmm. and wander and not be able to find their way back out. There are one thing about caves that I think is neat in the same way that I think the deep ocean is neat in a like, oh. you're never going to catch me down there kind of way. 
is that there is still so much of the cave systems of this world that we have not explored. Right. Which does not mean that no one has explored. It just means we haven't. And when I think about all the cool shit that could be down there that could explain life before us, it's fascinating to me. I think so too. Yeah. And I think that might be one of the reasons that Native Americans look at the world and view the world as interconnected caves because just like a matrix just like the computer systems Mm -hmm. that we build and we talk about and compare ourselves to now same thing with the brain of the earth all those tunnels all those connections all those sinewy like rocks Mm -hmm. that are you know act as tendons and connectors the cave of cats it's oh yeah i'm so sorry talk about something else before we start on that kind of stuff. I would love to just mention sea caves. I snapped in the middle of your that thing. That is okay. Or we move on. I would love to talk about, just for like a second, sea caves. They, and here's how it relates to magic. They are so dangerous. Oh. Sea caves are so fucking dangerous. Because if the tide moves on you, you aren't coming out. I think that there is probably an element of no risk, no reward magic when it comes to volatile places like sea caves. So like you can pray and you can offer, but unless you take it right to the source, it's not going to matter. And the danger of that and the sacrifice of that and the risk of that, I think makes sea caves particularly, at least to me, a very potent place of fring and like requesting. And we are not suggesting that you do that. Please don't. Because truly, seriously, truly, don't ever go into a cave by the shore. At least not where you can't easily run out and away. Because if the tide moves on you, the ocean is bigger than you are, baby, and it is going to smoosh you. And it's going to drown you. And it's going to be bad. So there are movies made about that. Yeah. I've seen many a documentary where some cave, they were doing some cave What's the word when you're like looking? Spelunking? No, not spelunking. Like when you're you're looking at like an archaeological site or you're surveying. They were oh, surveying oh, some caves. It. And I'm so proud of myself that I got there. <laughs> <laughs> they were surveying this cave and the all of a sudden the tone in the video just shifts and people are like, go now, go now. Because the tide changed. And the water started rushing in. And once the water starts rushing in, it's all panic. Yeah. It's 100% panic. It's 110% panic. So please be very careful of any cave that you enter for a number of reasons, but particularly ocean caves. Sea caves are so scary. Is there no way to predict them with the tide tables? Or do people just lose track of time? It's probably a lose track of time thing, but the tide isn't always 100% at the same time like it can be affected by other things and if it's really (laughs) stormy it can be affected by rainfall or winds all i'm saying is if you're gonna go exploring on the seashore and you see a cave poke your head in sure and then bail because if the water comes up and on top of that like how incredible to be like new to a place thinking like an ancient person you're like walking on the shore fishing or whatever oh yeah and you turn and you see a cave that was not there yesterday and now it's there and that's some magical shit that's like whoa what god poked a giant finger in the earth here and made a cave and hopefully they made it out alive and came back to show people and it yeah. was gone and they never believed them and the, so they never came back and they <laughs> lived forever and we are their descendants okay, okay. <laughs> less stress less stress less stress <laughs> So the Cave of the Morgan. Yes. Uh, also known as the Cave of the Cats. But the Cave of the Cats is from another folk tale that actually involves Maeve. Maeve went in and went really deep and came back with these cats. But they weren't regular earth cats. They were giant cat, almost like hellhound cats. Mm. <laughs> and so that's why it's called that as well. It's also known as Roscommon's Entrance to the Underworld. And the portal to 
the Tawatha Dadan and the fairy realm and all that good stuff. It is one of the most famous locations in Rathcrohan, medieval Ireland. And there's so much folklore that you can find and the attributes to this cave about the Morgan. It's also where there's a river that runs out of it. And the water of that cave is used to make that whiskey right there on my counter that you can't see called Slain. And I call that the whiskey of the Morgan. Later, that is the cave that the Christians named the opening to hell. Of course they did. <laughs> because, I just rolled my yeah, eyes so hard. I heard So hard. You can find out a ton of stuff about this if you want to go down this rabbit hole. From Laura O'Brien, she's got some really great videos about this. And also Caro Keel, that's C-A-R-O-W-K-E-L.com. They have so much information on Irish culture, and this happens to be part of it. And they also cover the caves of Keshkonen, and you can find all the information about that on their site as well. I have some personal stories, magical stories, as well as childhood stories about caves. Do you have some magical stuff of your experience you want to share? I'm really afraid of caves. Are you? Yeah. I think they're beautiful. I think they're very cool. I have a shit sense of direction. I have the type of claustrophobia that does not enjoy a low ceiling. And I am deeply terrified of the dark. That is all the things that caves are. It is. And I love caves. I think that they are as a symbol, as a concept, as a like a natural architecture. Fascinating, beautiful, incredible. The way that stalagmites and stalactites work, the way that, sorry, excuse me, stalagmites, stalactites. Thank you. Um, I mix that up all the time. Well, I always just put a G in stalactite, like it's the me same, too. and it's not. It's stalactite. <laughs> but like, I, I think that my hind brain still thinks, ooh, you go in there, you're going down. And so, I am deeply afraid of caves, but in a way that is respectful. And I like, I understand their value and importance and their beauty. But I, in the same way that I don't need to go to the bottom of the ocean, I don't need to go in a cave. <sighs> Until I was seven, I lived in Missouri. And I don't know if you know this about Missouri, because most of what people know about Missouri is that they were supposedly Switzerland during... The Civil War, which is not true. <laughs> they were not great. They are below the Mason-Dixon line, everybody. But also, the other thing is they know it as the Show Me State, but really its true nickname is the Cave State. Ooh. Just northwest of Springfield, there are more than 7,300 caves that are documented. That's not even all of the caves. They still predict that there are a lot of caves that they haven't found yet. I guarantee so, that they haven't been all fully explored oh, either. Oh, no. But I visited them, one of them. I am in my 50s now, and I was six burned into my memory. It was absolutely gorgeous, very safe. There were wooden pathways that they had built inside the cave that we walked on, not only to not slip on the rocks, but there were all those streams and rivers and we went deep. And the reason we could go so deep, and I don't just think this is my seven-year-old brain because there were a lot of adults with us. The caves were so high. Like the ceiling? So high. Oh yeah. Okay. I mean, they, oh, I'm so sorry. Inside the cave was so high. So many stalactites, I believe, or maybe they were. So I can't remember which one's which. I, I'm going to double check this, but yeah. I used to think I had like this great mnemonic device. It turns out I was backwards. So some of them come up from the ground. Yes. And some of them come down from the ceiling. So, they are so freaking gorgeous. They knew they were in a place, what that we were in a place, this particular cave, where they were safe even, you know, when the earth moved, they didn't fall. They were really secure. So a still... So the mnemonic device I used to use <laughs> was stalagmite fall on your head. That's backwards. Stalagmites come out of the ground. So it's stalagmite pop out of the earth. Okay. Stalactite in or one will fall on you. 
is there what you I go. say. Oh, I love that. Because I have been getting it wrong so long. But yeah, stalagmites pop out of the earth. Yeah. Stalactites come down from the ceiling. And they look like teeth. They look like teeth. They look like a dragon, everybody. Yep. And maybe once upon a time they were. Who knows? The experience that I had of not only the absolute beauty and all these colors that we could see because, of course, it was lit by human beings and not with torches. They had run electricity in there. This was a huge ass cave, everyone. Yeah. We had started walking and there was a guide much further up ahead than all of us. And we didn't know why. It was rare that this kind of stuff happened. He ran back and said, turn around, let's go. And over our heads. Bats. Oh, so many bats. And people were freaking out and upset and running. And of course me, because this is how I will die someday, by an animal attack, I'm sure of it. I just stood there and looked up and just watched them. And a couple of them brushed my face. And I was just like, this is so cool. I was left alone in the cave. And then my teacher started screaming, of course it's her. Where is she? I could hear that, but I couldn't move. I was just so amazed. And so one of the guys came in and picked me up and took me out of the cave i know y'all i'm gonna love it yeah it was pretty special it was pretty spectacular i loved it oh my gosh i love nature do you remember which cave it was i don't i feel like you're describing a cave that i've seen on like a docuseries really yeah of course and this is not me being like all caves look the same but (laughs) caves have similar identifying features about them and some and human beings have made them touristable yeah they have so I don't know which one you went to, but I love I don't that. Either. It was magical. <laughs> it was pure magic because I should have been, according to the yelling and screaming I heard once I got outside of the cave with my <laughs> class, I should have been really like bloodied up, I guess. Their wings did not feel sharp to me at all. They just felt like fuzzies. But I guess they can be really sharp or their feet can get you and it's not that they're doing it on purpose. It's kind of like how sometimes you accidentally scratch yourself with your own fingernail. Yeah. Yeah. I would probably freeze if a bunch of bats came coming down a cave at me. As one probably should. Yeah. I don't think I would be able to run even. I think that I probably... I am the kind of person, though, that if I hear somebody say run, my first instinct is, okay, when it should be, why? (laughs) But, you know, I'm a runner. I would love to talk a little bit about caves and sound. That sounds great. So there are a number of things that can happen to you when you're in a cave. There is the unfortunate opportunity for cave sickness Mm -hmm. symptoms. So if you're under in a cave, underground away from the mouth of the cave, so you don't have natural light or any of that, you have that sort of stagnant, cool cave air. If you are that kind of down in a cave for too long, symptoms can begin to occur that is called cave sickness. Mm. And that's a number of things. But one of the things that it is, if you are in the dark for too long in a cave, your mind will, and this is not like, this is not a hyperbole, this is not an exaggeration, your mind will start to break. You will start to hear things and see things, not fun magic-y things, but like threats and voices that are like disembodied and it is like your brain can't understand why it what happens is like you lose all sense of yourself in space and not in a like intentional way in a in a frightening sort of i am having an existential breakdown because i am floating in outer space and I did not ask to, kind of a way. Now, for the shaman and the folks who would go in and trance on purpose, yeah, sure, yes, connect to that, tap into that. It is not good for the human mind to be deprived of sensory input for a long period of time, in the same way that it shouldn't be deprived of sleep. Right. I wonder. Oh, and I don't. Oh, yeah. Go and ahead. The- The one other thing about that is that sound moves funny in caves. There's an opportunity to make beautiful 
echoey sounds in caves. I love that. I've performed in many a cathedral, which is basically just a big man-made cave. And it's full of stone. You know, the sound in caves can be amazing. The flutter of a bat a mile away can reach you. Like, it is incredible. But it is also, if you are not prepared and you are down there for too long in a trapped kind of way, that's a kind of fear I don't ever want to have. That's a kind of, that's a kind of my own voice bouncing back at me in an uncomfortable way that I don't ever want to experience. You need sensory input. <laughs> you can do it for a little bit at a time. Yeah. But not for a long time. I wonder, that sounds so intriguing to me, Corey. I think it, it's like sensory, we put ourselves in sensory deprivation tanks on purpose so that we can have these kind of experiences. But it's controlled. It is controlled. And it's safe. And I wonder if you were to control it. Like you had, it was watching you from the surface and mm-hmm. you had a rope around you. I wonder if those things are actually your mind creating mm-hmm. what's around you in this horrible things. Or if it's tapping into something sure. so ancient that we can't quite comprehend. So of course it's terrifying. And just like the Zuni myth you were talking about, how they were disem they didn't quite have mouths mm-hmm. or they had different appendages and stuff like that because, you know, they were probably different creatures. I I just want I'm just fascinated. I wonder if anybody's I'm sure somebody's done studies on that. Now I want to go down that rabbit hole. There's definitely a difference between how do I want to say this there's a difference between receiving something that you can't receive anywhere else and the literal electrical impulses and chemicals in your brain snapping yeah it is called cave sickness for a reason and it is because it has real physiological effects and I love the idea of sound bouncing. I think mm-hmm. we're cool. I think that I can, while I can't like really put myself in that space because I wasn't there at a time when I had a different concept of caves, I can imagine being a person in a cave and hearing something bounce back at me. Oh, yeah. And be like, well, <laughs> we got spirits, folks, right here at River City. <laughs> and... I think that there, one of the reasons that caves can be, and this is not me saying that there isn't a magical presence in caves, but I think that one of the reasons that the magical like connection to other in caves is so strong is because especially back when we didn't understand stuff about our physiology, the effects of sensory deprivation, the effects of darkness, the mm. effects of stale air, the effects of isolation could be damaging to the body. Right. And didn't we talk about that last episode? Oh, the God. fact about isolation, about people who are put in prison in solitary confinement. They do that for a reason. They do that to disconnect you. Yeah. They do that to break you. I'm gonna- I only have one more thing. I just want to do a list here real quickly. Yes. A summary of magic you can do either in caves or... Working with the symbology, printing out pictures of caves, the energy of caves. Visualizing so, even. Y- yeah. I do that well, a lot. Visualizing if you can. And I know some people, is it called amphantasia? When you cannot visualize, there are different ways. And again, I'm doing this 14-day spell over on Patreon, a manifesting spell. And one of the things that I'm working on, or one of the days of the spell is trying different ways to receive information other than visualization. And one of those ways is talking it out. And caves, because they're so dark, are such a great place, that energy to do that. And you don't have to be in a cave to do that, just to talk out your sensory. What are you feeling? And talk it out loud or not talk it out loud. Describe it, feel it in your body. And then, if you can, articulate what you're feeling in your body. That kind of magic with the cave energy is so fabulous, even if you're not neurodivergent. So that's one of the types. The Morrigan and Underworld and Persephone and Demeter and Hakate, all of those deities and working with those deities and many more, Hades, Orpheus, going down there is great. I have... 
no surprise, traveled through what I thought were caves when I'm astral traveling and all of a sudden I'm in another place when I've astral traveled and I go back through a cave. That's not always my experience with astral travel, but I have absolutely had it. Other magic that you can do with cave magic is absolutely around the womb, around fertility, around saying goodbye to somebody, burying something, banishing something, actually banishing. I've read that people do that. I have never done that. I, I'd love to hear from somebody if you've done banishing magic with cave energy or in an actual cave. I feel like there are so many mysteries about the cave that to banish something, it might actually bounce back at you in a way that would not be healthy that the spell might not go that well. I will go ahead and list, and perhaps Corey will too, some other magic that you can do in relationship with cave magic. But there, it's a lot. Yeah, did you want I use caves as a symbol a lot in my magic. Yeah. I do a lot of entering and exiting Mm -hmm. caves, like to get information or find, you know, new facts or or ideas and things so did luke skywalker he's right there with you oh poor luke skywalker (laughs) and poor ray it was that's how i use caves Mm -hmm. i like i said you're probably not gonna catch a girl in one unless it's like the mouth of the cave yeah i like the mouth of the cave it's sort of for me the same way that like if i can't touch the bottom of the water interested if i can't see the mouth of the cave i'm not interested oh yeah yeah well one of the things that i remember from that trip was the fear of do not stray do not walk off the path again my teacher looked right at me when they were saying this because you could die because you can get lost down there and seriously my teacher who was not a nice person especially to me Mm. (laughs) but just like and if you do that you will die oh my but yes same thing i totally agree with you Corey. The only thing I have left yeah. is I would love all of you because I'm obsessed with Appalachia. Mm-hmm. I would like all of you to please Google Appalachian cave myths. There's so many. You will find things that are including but not limited to the Bell Witch Cave, stories about Bigfoot, the Brown Mountain Lights, the Flatwoods Monster, the Moonite People, the Mothman, the Wampus Cat, and other Appalachian superstitions. I heard a lot about Appalachia growing up, and again, we pronounced it incorrectly, so it stuck with me as Appalachia, <laughs> but so many music stories, so many of those, the Mothman and the Cat one for sure. That sounds really cool, and now I will go do that. I want to read it. Did you read any of the myths? Oh, I've been... I have been. You have been. I love that shit. That's my jam. Cool. Well, shall we throw up some sparks? I would like to. I would like to, too. Okay. I would love to shout out a couple of patrons who have said that we can say hi and thank you on the air. And I would like to say a big thank you to Athena Jade and to... Shannon. Woo, welcome. We are very excited to have you. Thank Thank you. Thank you. you. Thank you for being here. And yeah. And to all of you who we're not shouting out your name, thank you. We really appreciate you being there. Thanks. Very much. The support is amazing. Thank you. It really, man, it really uh, makes a difference. It does. Huge. Gigantic. We were able to get (laughs) new tech for our classes. We just, it's, it helps so much. So thank you. Yeah. Why don't you go first? I want to start with a poem, everyone. When I die, I'll sleep in your heart like a bear in a cave. And come spring, I'll leap forth from shadow, the loving grave. And that is by Kelly Cherry. I don't know if you've ever had an experience where you've read something small and you search for the person who wrote it because it kind of touched you. And on the internet, you get to what you're searching for and you see their picture or read some of their words and read about their timeline of existence and when they were born and when they passed on and just feel this extreme sense of loss. (laughs) And that is what I felt. And I didn't know anything about this woman. 
When I saw this quote, I had to go, and she is prolific. I had no idea. And I have this weird association, connection to Madison, Wisconsin. Really? I do. And that's where she taught at the university. Yeah. So she is my spark. Specifically, the book Rising Venus, which I was able to read part of online, and I've ordered it, and I have gone to the library and searched absolutely everything I can about hers that I'm getting ready to get, have sent to me. And I just can't wait. So, well, I love that. Yeah. I actually saw you? that poem when I was researching. Did you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And I was like, huh, that's funny that their name is Kelly Cherry because I knew somebody named Kelly Cherry growing yeah. up. Let me know what you think about that book. Yeah, I will. Because I like the sound of the title. Yeah. It will, and I guess it's all about sex and other stuff as well. Sex and other stuff is also be- some of my favorite yeah, stuff. Because, yeah. I'll talk about that some other time. What's your spark? My spark is a band that I have absolutely shouted out before many moons ago because mm. it is my friend's band. Oh. And it is called The Requisite, and I'm going to link their website. It's not necessarily up to date, but their music is on Spotify, and they are currently halfway across the country recording an album. And it's going to be amazing. And I'm just very proud of them. And I am friends with them because of one person who is the bassist and have become friends with the other members of the band. And it's just like really cool to see artists doing and like committing to the things that they love and are passionate about and are so fucking good at. So if you like emo music, if you like punk music, if you like just alternative music in general, I recommend you look them up. I'm going to put a link in the description and tag them on Instagram. And just please go listen because their new album's going to be a banger and you're going to want to be all caught up. Yay. Yeah. Well, I want to thank Corey for her patience. You know what? <laughs> Pets are like babies, man. They're going to do what they're going to do. Oh, I cannot wait to be downstairs. But since my furnace is broken, it's way too cold to be down there. So until next time, everyone. Until the furnace is back. <laughs> be well. Act with intention. And don't forget that you are magic. <laughs>